You're listening to the Coventry Sphinx podcast. You can follow the fortunes of our football club on Twitter, where we're at Coventry Sphinx or at commentarysphinx.co.uk. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating or a review. For more podcasts from Sphinx Football, visit sphinxfootball.com. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Coventry Sphinx podcast with me, Chris Nee, and Sean Thomas, one of the joint first team managers at our club. This is a podcast about a football club from one Saturday to the next and everything in between. We skipped an episode last week because the schedule didn't quite work with so many games, so there's plenty to be getting on with this week. Sphinx have played every few days since episode 7, which was the last time we directly covered the matches. We've lost an FA Cup match and a league match, the latter of which we'll be talking about shortly, along with league draws against Worcester City and Long Eaton United. Those four games were a real test of character, and while the results haven't all gone our way, it's satisfying as a supporter to know that the character is there without fail. Most recently we played in the second qualifying round of the FA Vars against Schiffnell Town. That was a 2-0 win, worth talking about for sure. So I asked first team coach Jim McLean to join myself and Sean after that game. Here's what they had to say. It's been a little while, but I'm here again with Sean and Jim to catch up on the last few weeks of action on the pitch. It's been a bit of a mixed bag, I think, Sean, after a a really good start in the league. It must feel like we're now hitting the reality of what this season's going to actually be like. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I think uh, every time we sat down here now, we've spoken about how the season is a, a tough old season. It's a long old season. I think now we're in the midst of it. You really feel that. I think boys have been tremendous. I think uh, every game has been really tense. A lot riding on nearly every game. There's that desire to win. You can't win them all. But I think in, um, we, as we sit down now, um, a good couple of months in, I think we're really pleased with where we are. I say a good couple of months, five weeks. And it, feel, it feels like longer. Um, but I think we're really pleased where we are. I think um, everything that we want from a team, we said it to them before the game today, has um, really come to the fore. And, Really proud of, of the lads, the way that they've dug in and the, the way that they've created the team spirit. That's pretty um, tough to beat at the moment. I think there's been some better performances, but certainly as a, over the course of the season, I think um, I think we're in a good place. One of those better performances takes us all the way back to Racing Club Warwick, which was a good attacking performance. A couple of goals for a shanty price, but it was built on a really solid base, I thought, that performance. And that's getting the basics done first and then having the right to play, isn't it? Yeah, and every game you go into, I think you you work first um, and then the quality comes through in the end. And if you can get that quality on top of the work rate, I think that's when we've done really well for ourselves. I think the games when it hasn't quite clicked, um, the work rate's still been there. So that's why I couldn't fault the lads necessarily for anything they've done so far this season. But yeah, racing was a good one. It was quite a tight game as they all are. And it's amazing in football when you take your chances at good times. Um, it, it, it came off looking like a pretty comprehensive win but racing still had their moments and we, we weathered the storms at times but yeah the balls are really good and Ashanti took his goals and like you say you go into the last couple of minutes you three and up and you win the game quite easy we've had our first league loss of the season as well away at either St John's and you had other commitments that day tell me a bit about the debrief that happens after that like what what time is John Woodward on the phone to you after that game um so there's a couple of things that went on that day actually that made me um have to contact Jim and John and, and it's not fair to go into it but a couple of things that we had to sort in the week beforehand added some extra things for John and Jim to deal with when I weren't there and I know how busy football is on a on a match day and you don't what you don't want to do is you, I was sat there at my daughter's birthday and those things take priority um, because football takes up a hell of a lot of my time but you almost don't want to contact straight away because I know after a defeat you, um, you're pretty flat and Last thing you need is someone asking you how did the game go and try and dissect it and take out um, all the the positives and also the things to work on. So I sent a message just to say like 
obviously thinking about you and I know it's been a, a pretty tough day but we'll catch up and I, I, then the message is to start filtering through and we had the full debrief by about eight o'clock and by the Sunday we we're having to pick the side for the Tuesday anyway. We've got Jim with us as well. We were both at that game. He more active than me. Yeah. I was just getting wet. Um, <laughs> I got wet as well. <laughs> it was um, probably something you could describe as the classic game of two halves, really. I think you, going in at half time, thinking we might lose that game, didn't really enter my head. Yeah, the same. You've hit the nail on the head, Chris. Um, for, for me, if we had been two or three up at half time, they couldn't have complained. And we went in at half time, and I mean, I was obviously in the dressing room and it was a confident dressing room. There wasn't any, you know, sort of problems really. It was just go out and, you know, more of the same, you know, stay alert. But, you know, second half, we haven't taken the chances in the first half, but it it felt to me like it wasn't one of them games we were going to pay for not taking the chances. But unfortunately it was. Um, They probably had three chances, scored two. We we still had chances even after to, to get back in the game. But it was, you know, it was, it was disappointing for everyone involved. But we, we didn't quite fire on all cylinders. I think if we're going to give the opposition credit, what they did do was put together the two best moves of the game and score from both Oh, yeah, of them. definitely. Yeah. Really good goals, I thought, and difficult to defend against. But it, it just shows the power of getting your foot on the ball and making something happen can just change a game on its, on its head straight away. Yeah, definitely. It, um, I think we sort of you know a lot of players were saying and you know some of the other staff were saying things and it, it was all I think it was a bit too overanalyzed for us but I, I just said look at the end of the day we take those chances we win that game it, you know like today it, it, it's changed the game today but you know it's uh, it didn't happen. So Sean after a disappointing game like that how far do you push the players in terms of really getting themselves up for putting it right next time around. I think they're doing it themselves naturally. So we've spoken a lot when when you know that a team is coming together to do something pretty good, they drive it on themselves. So me, John and Jim just set the framework off and we, we prepare them well. We make sure that we, we talk to individuals throughout the week. But the main desire comes from within the team because I think that's the general theme that I took from it. And I can, I can be to a degree impartial in that situation where you can pick up all the messages so I get a couple of messages from the lads that are watching from the fans um, from the players that are inside the team from the staff and I think like Jimmy and yourself nailed it on the head that saying that if you take the chances you win that game so then when you go into the next game the drive then is to make sure that you don't um, you, you start that run again because I think we were 13-14 and beat them which stretches back over into the last season. And there's a desire there to start that ball rolling again because um, it's an amazing feeling when you're winning in football. Um, but we just have to, what we do say to the lads is that when you do lose a game, you're not as bad as what you think you are. And when you're winning games, you're not as good as what you think you are either. Just try and keep level-headed about it and, and take it into the next game. And there's always a game 48, 72 hours after, isn't there? I think what we get from a supporter's point of view at the moment is no cause for complaint in terms of effort from this team which just means that you can go away in the rain and lose and you'll get no criticism for it because it was still, I thought, 100% effort, which we've had every single time so far this season. Either side of that game, we've had two games where we've really had to fight and have delivered both times. The two draws, Worcester City away and Long Eaton at home. Very difficult games. We've really had to dig in with those and we lost Tom Cross at, at Worcester, which we won't go into detail on here other than to say it's absolute nonsense but do you go into games with a plan for how you deal with replacing the goalkeeper because five subs we're not always going to have Jude there 
do you know what is going to happen if that eventuality occurs? Or is that just Bryson puts his hand up and says, I'll do it? Yeah, absolutely. So we thought that possibly Patson could have went when he, um, he he gave a very light push to the lad's chest and the lad went down clutching his face and uh, a different ref on a different ga- day sends him off there. Um, so we had a sub lined up for that eventuality. When he shown the red to, to Tom, it was really disbelief. And then you've got, you've got 30 seconds, you've, well, less than that. You've got a split second to decide what's going to happen. Bryson put his hand up and he went in and he was solid. We're looking a little bit ropey at some crosses and stuff like that. But do you know what? With people like um, James, um, it's the mark of the man. And um, he's, a, he's most probably one of the best pieces of um, business that we've done, if that's the correct term, um, of signing him because he put his hand up, he went in. He stood up to a big barrage at the end and I thought Worcester were very good, to be fair. And, well, you could argue that we didn't really help ourselves, but um, again... The character comes through. I'd like it that we aren't reliant solely on character, and you 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 are that's um, like sort of um, backed up by ability as well, and controlling games a little bit more. But you can't fault them. You've got three hundred fans behind the referee at Worcester. I don't think the referee naturally gives decisions um, in favour of the home side, but I certainly think that when you've got three hundred people shouting at you, it can influence your decision making. I think what's happened with the ref? Fair play to Worcester. They thought they had seen some. They told the ref they had seen some, and Tom went, and we just had to get through the game, and we did. And then Tuesday night, um, a little bit like the Alamo when they've got the throw. I've listened to their manager, um, and actually, I've got a lot of time for them. I think they were a good side. I've heard some things about they can, they had all the game. I think we could have been three 0 up at half time. I think they can have territory because they fling the ball in from forty five yards either side every time. But we stood up to that. They scored the goal, but. I thought it was a good game, to be fair. And what I, we had, obviously, the melee at the end, but that's um, Callum's apologised about that. And it's just another game. You tick it off and you move forward to the next one. If we take it all the way back to, to Worcester, what, what you see from, I hope from a coach's point of view, but certainly from a supporter's point of view, is a really pleasing show of character from the players. Because the second Tom got sent off, it felt like everybody pulled together. And that was on the pitch, sidelines, you guys, everybody. And the expression of relief at full time. And pleasure at the fact that we'd seen that through. That must be really pleasing from somebody who works with, with the players on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, that's those sort of games, you know, they're not comfortable when they're happening. But um, when when it finished, you know, it felt like a win nearly. You know, for, the first half was a fairly tame affair, really, and we controlled it reasonably well. But, you know, second half, that especially after Tom got sent off, you know, there were there were a few incidents sort of on and off the pitch as well. And it um, it, it all added to the, um, you know, what was going on. So it was just, you know, for us to, to be there and be involved and, and get, you know, get the result at the end of the day. Um, after being like 20 minutes of the Alamo there, it was it was really rough. Um, you know, and I think we, we we come away, you know, pretty pretty satisfied, didn't we, with uh, with what happened. We then have a good draw against Longy, you know, came here, five wins from five, all the goals. I think twenty seven goals before they came here. And I thought we did a pretty good job of nullifying them at the same time as making sure that we were making something happen going the other way. So I came away from that game wondering if we might have beaten them. What was the mood like in the dressing room after that game? Is that just great point? I think uh, you know, and Sean and John would probably think the same that we could have we could have won that game. Really, we're looking at the Heather game and uh, the long eating game as five points dropped. Really, we we had the chances in the first half again. So you know, Jack Downs has hit the post. Um, there were a couple of other chances. Uh, Callum's hit one over the bar. It was one of those games where you've got the last 15, 20, we're under the cosh again, but 
it seemed like a relief that we got the draw. But we, if we had a took the chance in the first half, I think it would have been reasonably comfortable for us. You know, for coming off, like you said, like a team that scored 27 goals. Sean, I want to drill into the, the red cards a little bit, um, just in terms of how they're, they're viewed from a management point of view. How much do you plan for going down to 10 men or actually playing against 10 men? Is that just deal with it on a day? You don't get a huge amount of time with the team tactically. No, we don't plan for it at all. Um, the expectation is for all the lads is that they, they keep their composure. They've been mo- reminded consistently over the last couple of days about keeping their professionalism, keeping their composure because your discipline will hurt you. And I think that's what we've found in a couple of games now that whatever the the ins and outs of Tom's um, decision to, to not um, have the appeal overturned and uh, the suspension overturned, I think the lads have a, have a duty to remain on the pitch. And what we don't want to become is when it flips over into becoming vulnerable because of lads' decisions on the pitch and going down to 10 men, they need to be competitive, but it doesn't need to spill over and cross that line. So there's no planning to it. As soon as it do happen, there is some natural sort of changes that can happen, the shape. I feel for Ashanti, sometimes he gets hooked or one of the other strikers gets hooked because you just try and keep yourself solid as you can. But yeah, there's no planning to it, but hopefully moving forward, uh, our discipline won't be an issue. We're one game into Tom's suspension now and it's nice to be able to have a goalkeeper of Jude O'Connor's quality to come into the side because as we've spoken about before, there are teams in our division who would be in a proper state now. Yeah, very much so. And Jude, Jude was excellent today and it's, it's, I think you do himself a disservice if you just talk about his age all the time but actually he's a, a young man finding his way in football and He's superb, and what we've the squad is being tested. Its depth is being tested, and I think we're really pleased with everyone that has the shirt at the moment is able to manage that expectation, manage the the pressure, and perform. And so, Jude was class today. He made a save about 60, 65 minutes in, which I think was a turning point. Um, if that goes in, it's a different game. But he, he made that save, reaction save to his right. Um, that was that seemed to be sailing in. We had the perfect angle. We were behind it, weren't we? And he's managed to get a save on that. And we're just having a laugh with him in the bar. The only thing he did wrong all game was his last kick of the game, which was a bit of a banana <laughs> pancake kick. But come on, dude, see it out, mate, please. But yeah, no, he was superb. He gets he gets a pat on the back. You need to make sure that we don't, uh, as I said, individually and as a team, think we're better than what we are because we've got a tough game Monday as well. Today's game was our second round qualifying match in the FA Vars, which is. A great thing for us to be winning because we're now looking at a first round game which could be against anybody. But it feels as if we've kind of cracked cup football a little bit this year, which is good. But 2-0 win against Sheffield Town today. And it was won by two early goals from Jamal Adams who took his goals superbly. One in the air and, and one that he just tucked in from a shanty's cross. New signing since we last spoke. And he's one of three. So I want to just get a little bit of a lowdown on firstly Jamal, but also Joe Smith and Tyler Donaldson. Yep, so... Jamal, it, um, actually, it came from a, a recommendation of Aaron Stringfellow and Xperia and Lee Nibs um, from different conversations that they had with someone that knows Jamal. Um, actually, but weird enough, when we played South Normanton last year, we were quite short and I spoke to someone who I worked with who was at Rugby Town and um, a rec- he was recommended to us and he was still rehabbing from his ACL. So it didn't quite come to fruition at that time. And um, yeah, he's, he's come in. I like him. He's, he's nice and honest. He's... Uh, pretty humble lad again he just wants to work hard and play football because I think what has ended up happening with um, with him he had his big injury um, when you haven't got football you realise how much you miss it and he's just taking the opportunities now and he's, he's cramping up towards the end of games so but that's only um, only natural and then you've got um, Joe so Joe was um, we're a big admirer of Joe I think um, we we tried we maybe had a conversation at the end of last year about trying to get him involved but he had quite a lengthy ban 
which we won't go into too much. But yeah, he's uh, he adds character. He's a good lad to have in the change room. I'm still getting to know him a little bit. He works in mysterious ways, but um, he's a good lad. He adds a lot to us, and he, he's really look. He he plays on the on the on the line as well. And a, a couple of our players play on the line, but they wouldn't be the same players if they didn't do that. Um, and then Tyler, Tyler, um, I don't know if you're listening to this podcast, but he's come in a couple of weeks back from Barwell. Possibly hasn't got his opportunity yet, so he most probably feels quite hard done by. But again, it's funny how football works. A week and a half ago, we're sitting here with 23, 24 senior lads and. Um, the headache was constantly talking to those lads and saying you aren't involved and then that squad is being tested really, really um, significantly at the moment and we're going to go into Monday with um, lads having opportunities that um, only four or five days ago possibly weren't on the card. So yeah, he comes in, he's a ball playing centre-half and again, good fit. He knows a couple of lads from his youth um, football and, and things like that. So yeah, good fit as well. So we're going to today's game. Jamal gets his couple of goals quite early. Decent first half showing. 2 nil doesn't really tell the story of the full game. What's your sort of coach's perspective on actually the second half probably was a little bit ragged? Yeah, the second half, uh, you know, it was it was uncomfortable uh, to watch, uh, you know, from, from the sidelines, uh, you know, both myself, John and Sean um, were, were certainly, certainly struggling watching watching the game. But I think, you know, the, there was a lot of incidents where, you know, we, we've, we've not quite been at the races and Jude... Has has pulled pulled a couple of out of the hat to to save us really. It was it was like I say it was a difficult watch. Um, we we just we got over the line. Uh, there were two like the two early goals have put us sort of in control of the game, but second half it didn't really feel like that at times. I think you know we, we've stood up well to you know it wasn't a barrage of uh, of, of chances, but um, we've certainly stood up well to what they threw at us. They were able to get a foot on the ball in midfield, I thought, and, and kind of make sure that they had control of the ball, which doesn't win you football matches necessarily, but it can make the team that's winning a little bit nervous when it's not one-way traffic, but it certainly felt as if they were in the ascendancy for, for a good portion of the second half. So lots of character from our players, but do we need to control that area in the middle yeah. of the park a little bit? I mean, I think um, we we had like obviously uh, Patson had to go off at half time, which has affected uh, Joe has had to go out of uh, midfield uh, and he, he dropped into the uh, back three. He was winning a lot of ball in there, spreading it around nicely. So that sort of changed the dynamic in there. Uh, Nooney's come on, and then with the you know penalty incident in inverted commas he's had to go off uh so we've we, you know we've had to put Zach Tallinn in there who you know is from the youth team he's come in and you know he's, he's showed some good touches there and and fitted in well but it I think it, you know it, it just upsets with, with the injuries obviously this Nooney's gone at half time as sub and he's had to come off you know, it has affected the, the the way we're thinking. You know, myself, Sean and John were, you know, in deep discussion of what we were going to do because there was quite a lot that um, was, was going on in there and it wasn't all going our way. Would you have liked to keep a bit more time for, for Jamal as well? I think he was he was struggling with a, with a bit of an injury. So um, he, his, his hamstring was a bit tight. Uh, so, you know, it, it was probably about the right time to, to bring him off there. You know, we put MJ on. MJ's, you know, he's always lively, and he come in, and um, you know, he got got on the ball. You know, I, th- I think Jamal was was with him not having regular first team football was probably you know just feeling it a little bit there. The couple of chances that Schiffnell did make in the first half were through their number ten, who is a big boy. I think that's the best way to describe him. When you put someone like 
James Bryson, who's fantastic in the air, does a really good job game after game after game in the air. Is that just a case of good luck, mate? You can't plan for a player like that. It's a difficult thing to defend against. No, and um, not only he was big, but he was also very quick as well. Yeah. So there's a couple of times where I think naturally as a defender, you, you try and hold your, hold your ground, delay, delay, and that just gave him the opportunity to go around the outside of, of a player as well. So James, James is a great lad and he worked out in the end that he goes and meets him on his first touch so he doesn't allow the lad to get into his stride. But anything up into the air, you, you, you're basically jumping at full tilt just to try and knock it off his head. So um, yeah, Chiffinor are a good outfit. I think they've lost very few games over the last two years and you watch the game and okay, we're not we're not controlling the game but we're winning the game. I ain't going to complain about winning games 2-0 when a team come here, we've got full of confidence and we've actually turned them over. And yeah, Jews made some good saves. We've, we've missed some good chances as well. Stonewall penalty, that's noon. He's got injured for him. And I'm pretty confident that we're, we, um, we're on the right track, shall we say. And the lads are doing well. So can't complain. We always say at the end of the game, don't we? You enjoy your wins because you're not guaranteed another one. So I'm happy as Larry. So we go straight in now to Monday night against Romulus away. And I think that's going to be one hell of a test, personally, because... We know they're a good side. We've seen already this season that they're a difficult team to play against. Got our result that night and we have some personnel decisions to make as we go into that game. Getting points away from home is a really difficult thing to do in this. Are you happy with what? Tell you at 10 o'clock, Chris. Um, you, go, you go into the games to win the game. So I want three points on Monday night. We've had a tough game today. They've um, unfortunately due to Leicester Road, um, a COVID incident. They've had a, the weekend off. It can work in both ways. We're hard and we're, we're ready for the game. We've got good fitness behind ourselves. So even if a team is feeling quite fresh, they've got to meet up to our challenge. And we've just got to set down the gauntlet that when we go to places, we're not going to get rolled over. And as I said, the squad's being tested, but every lad that comes in wants that shirt. So I'm fully confident that they will be, um, they'll be gunning to keep that shirt and we'll see how the game goes. I like Romulus for all the, the tetchiness and all the, uh, all the things that go on in and around the games that when we play them, I think they're a good, good outfit. Good, honest lads in there. And um, I think it'll be a good game again on Monday night. Thanks to Sean and Jim for this week's chat. Monday, October the 11th is a big day for Coventry Sphinx. First, we'll find out our opponents for the first round proper of the FA Vars. Then we're back at Castle Vale Stadium in the evening for a league game against Romulus, a fixture we've already played in the FA Cup this season. Then, on Saturday 17th, we're at home against Lytown. Your attendance is welcome and encouraged. And with a bit of luck, we'll have another episode for you before the next game against Newark. That's all for this week. Sean Thomas and I will be back in seven days or so to catch up again. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Commentary Sphinx podcast, a Sphinx football production. For more of our podcasts, visit sphinxfootball.com.